And so it's such a big deal for us to be kingdom-minded. The second that we start thinking our thing's better than everybody else's, I think that's where we start excluding ourselves. We start pushing ourselves away from others. And then it becomes about our ministry, not really God's ministry. Be kingdom-minded. Show these churches, show these other organizations that you're about souls coming to know Jesus. That you're about people being discipled. You're about the world changing. And that only happens when we're doing this together. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Well, welcome everybody to the First Priority Podcast. My name is Brad Skelling. My name is Steve Cherico. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. It is good to have you back in the studio again. If you are on YouTube watching, you'll notice the, the podcast room is a little bit different this morning. I didn't overdo myself. We just wanted to sit and chat and have a cup of coffee together. And everybody who's watching can say thank you, Captain Obvious. Correct. Thank you for your work, Captain Obvious. No, actually, you did a real good job, Brad. Thank Thanks. you for uh, for freshening up the space for us to have mm-hmm. a conversation. It's so you can uh, start drinking coffee because we've got this little coffee setup going on and advertise very loudly on the microphone, turning the cup so everybody can see your lift tour. Thing. Shout out Which to is Brent coming. Crow. Shout it out is. to Brent. It is. And Jeff. Mm-hmm. Doc. Dr. J. Dr. J. The second Dr. J. He's not the original. He's not the one who dunked basketballs no, in the Julius 70s. is. I'm pretty sure Julius is older than him. He might have been able. Dr. J might have been able to dunk basketballs in that the That white 70s. boy? Not a chance. <laughs> I hope he listens to this and gets mad at me. I hope he listens to this and comes to Jesus. Me too. So in all seriousness, so Lift Tour's here. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Nice um, if you've if you're part of the first party family, you know those are one that's one of our student leadership universities, one of yep. our major partners. That's right. And uh, and they on purpose look at where we are yep. and where their partners are and that's, that's right. where they plant their lift tours. So that's that's coming. And if you're in your local area and you're looking for a D now option that's a plug and play or mm-hmm. you're just looking to plug into something that uh, you can serve your youth groups with. That's right. Uh, Jeff and his team do an incredible job. That's right. They do. It's not why I used the cup today, but it worked out real well. It holds well. coffee very well. It does hold nice coffee. Nice work. It's probably even good. This is not bad. Nice. Not Congratulations. Bad. Thank you. Coming over to the dark side. Yep. Well, we talked. We want to add a segment to First Prior, or the podcast, I guess, uh, calling it Story Time with Steve. And uh, what, Steve, what story do you have for us today, So the Steve? Steve part's new to me, but I'm glad that we've added that. Uh, no, we just want to highlight some things going on, and we mm-hmm. thought that we'd start right where we are sure. with a funny story that I heard this week. So I've been with our staff in the last week, kind mm-hmm. of going past uh, where we had been and getting yep. prepared for the next semester. And about three times a week, I get from our coordinators a text message of, hey, this happened at club. Kids come to Christ. You're not going to believe a kid plugged his whole family in the local church. Yeah. All the things we want, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I got a text, and I had to reread it a couple times because <laughs> at one of our middle schools, a teenage girl stood up, and she began to share her story in Christ. Hmm. I don't think it was invite week. I think it was a, just another week where the gospel was being shared, but sure. she wanted to share her testimony. Nice. So she's in. She's thick into the scripture, thick into sharing her testimony, and she pauses and she says, in true Tennessee, rural Tennessee fashion, right, one of our suburbs, listen, y'all, if it wasn't for Jesus, and I'm not kidding, I'm not playing, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be an axe murderer right now. <laughs> or maybe something worse. <laughs> At which point, our coordinator, who's visiting the club, just puts his head down. He's like, 
This is why it's so great to work with students. Student Ministry 101 <laughs> right there. I love it. I love it. Listen, y'all. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be. And just fill in your blank. Yeah, yeah. And we, so we laughed. And then as a team, we just started thinking about all the things that we would be, right? What yep. would we be or what wouldn't we be? That's right. If it wasn't for what Jesus had done in our life. And it was a great summation. And she didn't mean to be funny. Yeah. It took the whole class because she said it was such dead seriousness. It <laughs> took the whole class a little bit off guard. Oh, sure. And then they all breathed after she said, or maybe something worse, right? Yep. So yep. same goes for our lives. Yeah, yeah. But that was just... That was this week's story that happened to be personal. We won't we won't highlight FP Nashville very often. That's all right. We'll highlight some of the other That's cities good. as we tell our segments. Well, there's, but. there's a lot going on. It's the most wonderful time of year, not just because it's Christmas season at the moment that we're recording this, but uh, also because we are getting a lot of stories in from the districts and chapters. Clubs are in full swing, and it's just really super exciting to hear just God moving in the lives of students and those schools. So we'll share those once a week with you. Story time with Steve. I love it. Story time or story segment, you silly face. <laughs> Keep going. What else we got today? Well, we're jumping back into the fall conference. Oh, yeah. uh, we have one of our, my, our longtime friends, Justin Lopes, who is out in California, uh, geographically very distant, spiritually very close to us. He's been part of the First Priority team for a long time. A long time. Um, he rose up through First Priority uh, in Los Banos, California. You're going to hear the story. I, I shared it, introducing him there, so mm-hmm. I won't get too much into that. Uh, but he's been with us for a long time, and it was time. Our conference team decided it was time to hear him share his story and his heart. He's very active in the community in Turlock, California now. And uh, it's just a good moment to hear just the kingdom picture, I think. Agreed. Well, let's jump in, and we'll have some thoughts afterwards. Sounds good. All right, let's go. Hey, again, uh, my name is Justin. Um, I am from the Central Valley of California. Um, That is in between, I'm in this town called Turlock right now, and that's in between Sacramento and Fresno. Um, So if you're familiar with California, we're um, east of San Francisco, about an hour, and then west of Lake Tahoe, that kind of area. Um, And so we're kind of just in the middle. A lot of farmland around a lot of dairies, those kinds of things. Uh, my town that I live in is, uh, is about 80,000 people. Um, then we have a big city next to us, about half a million, and then uh, multiple cities of around 40,000, 50,000 um, within 20 minutes of driving. Um, so I have been part of First Priority for about nine years um, as an area director, now area coordinator, maybe some other title, whatever Brad wants to give me. Um, And have had the opportunity to just be with students, and I love it. Um, My full-time job is being a family pastor at my church. And uh, when I got that job six years ago, before that I was in Los Banos, just a youth pastor. Um, But six years later, when I I got that job in uh, Turlock, um, I specifically told the pastor I'd love to come on staff. But... Um, you need to make part of my job be first priority um, because I'm going to be spending a lot of time with students on campus and be training students. And on top of that, um, students will come to know Jesus and they will not come to our church. They'll actually go to other churches and we might get some that come to our church. But are you okay with that? And I remember my senior pastor saying, yeah, absolutely, for the kingdom. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. So that's a little bit of a, a background about me. Um, my family, I have this clicker, so I can click this next one. Um, here's, here's my wife and I, um, just hanging out. We were at Universal. And then here are my three kids this morning. I told them to take, me a, take a picture for me, and this is what they gave me. Um, and then we have one in three weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. 
Yeah, so it's going to be a son. We haven't decided what to name it. Um, I do. Yeah, Jeff, that's good. All my kids have K names. Um, so Kaislin, my daughter, Callan, my middle son, and Kenton, my youngest. So this will be a K name as well. Um, and then they all have to do with Superman in some way or another because I'm a geek that way. So you can ask me later if you want to know more about that. Um, yeah. So here, that, that is my family. Um, so, um, well, are somebody asking me a question or are you just, okay. What's that? Oh, coming up with names. Yes. Yeah. It has to be Superman. I'm leaning on, I'm leaning on Clarkson, um, Superman, uh, or anyway, I'm like, we're going to get into that. Um, I'll go too far into that and you guys will be like, Justin, this is kind of weird. It's just too much. Okay. Anyway, um, I do want to ask everybody a question here. Um, and it's this is how beautiful are your feet? And so who in the here thinks they have pretty feet? Sean, come on up, bud. Come show us your feet. No, I'm just kidding, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how beautiful are your feet? I think that's a big question. Like, I love to go to youth groups and ask this question. And the reason I ask this question is because of what um, Romans 10, 13 through 15 says. It says, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach to them? Stop, Siri. Sorry. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. If I could start off with something um, that I just want to share with all of you in this room. Um, one of my favorite times of the whole year is to come here to this fall conference. Because I am encouraged that there are people in the United States that have some beautiful feet. Okay? As weird as I'm saying that. But you guys have beautiful feet. You guys encourage me, remind me of my goal, remind me that the gospel is so important. And then to hear about what you guys are doing in, in, your, in your areas, your states... Um, it blows my mind and it reminds me that God is big, God is good, and God is doing something. And so I just want to encourage you, you guys have some pretty feet, okay? You guys have beautiful feet and continue the work that you are doing. One of the questions I was asked um, when doing this is, um, Justin, could you talk about why? Why are you still in California? Um, why are you still doing ministry there? And that is actually... A legit question because um, many people I know, many people in ministry, many people who love Jesus um, have left. Um, they can't take it anymore. They can't take the politics. They can't take the culture. They can't take um, just the way the world is turning in California. And I've asked myself that question. Um, I've been offered jobs in other states. Um, I've been offered jobs in different places um, that would seem enticing because it fits what I think of life better and something better for my children. Um, and the big why I keep doing it is because there are so many people, so many students that don't even know about Jesus. And it's not that they rejected them, right? I always tell my students this. Not that these students rejected them is that no one's ever told them about Jesus. They have no idea. 
And this even goes with adults there. We have, we do a light show for our church and the light show, there's a 15 minute show, these coordinated Christmas lights, you drive in, it's on the radio and we share the gospel through that talking about the birth of Christ. And you will, I mean, maybe you won't be surprised, but I'm surprised every year how many adults have never heard the Christmas story that the Bible preaches. So why do I do it? I do it because students need to know Jesus. And I feel like I'm on a mission field there. One specific student who I think has beautiful feet is this, uh, uh, this kid named Tyler Turner. Uh, Tyler, when he was a junior in high school, he was going to my youth group, but he started attending First Priority. Um, he accepted Christ, and he really started following Jesus with all that he had. And he wrote this in his notebook one day. It's kind of his journal. He says, so about my day, yeah. So today is day one of being a better person. I hope I can improve on that and stay committed until my friends can see a moral change in me for the better. All I have to do is stay focused on Christ and the rest will follow. Too bad some of my friends are atheists. I just want the best for their souls and for them to see the beauty and love of my God. Tyler had an amazing last two years of school. And he did amazing things where students heard that he, you know, they, he, he told them about Jesus. He had friends that were atheists, told them about Jesus. And some friends accepted Christ and was awesome. Some rejected. But at the end of his summer, senior year, um, Tyler was in a terrible skydiving accident. And um, he died. And I remember being a part of that service and being able to speak on Tyler's behalf and his relationship with Christ. And I got to have conversations with his friends, some friends that I had never met. And during these conversations, what I heard was, man, I'm so glad that Tyler told me about Jesus because now I know where he's at. And these were kids that didn't care about Jesus, right? Tyler would tell people about Jesus and these people would listen and know that there's some kind of hope. Even at his death, they weren't mad at God. They were saying, man, Tyler's somewhere else. Tyler's somewhere better. And there were even students that day that accepted Christ for the first time because of Tyler's life. Because a student was willing to talk about Jesus. So we, I, get, I get asked that question again, why? Why still in California? Why do I do first priority? Why is this all going on? And I say, because students like Tyler who are willing to make an impact. Because I always tell students this, when I go up and I share at first priority, I'm just the old guy, right? I'm the old guy talking about Jesus. Nobody wants to hear the old guy. They want to hear Mike from math class. They want to, they want to, they want to hear from, you know, um, Ashley from, uh, from English class. They don't want to hear Justin, the old youth pastor or the first priority guy. They want to hear their friends because their friends know what's going on. So in California, um, like many of you guys in different areas, I'm sure you've had these same experiences. Um, there's been some challenges and there's things that I've had to figure out. How do I do ministry in California? How do I connect with people? How do I create leadership in different areas so that first priority can strive? So the next um, few minutes, that's what we're going to talk about. Just some practices. I am not saying mine are the best or the greatest. It is just stuff that's worked for me in California. And my, my hope is that it would, it would help you guys as well. So when it comes to church leadership, biggest thing. Number one thing when it comes to church leadership, and I'm also talking about other nonprofits that are believers, um, is relationship. Relationship. Spending time with people. 
This is such a big deal. If you walk into a church, and you guys have heard this a thousand times, but you walk into a church, you say, I have something great for you. They're going to be like, thanks, but I don't know who you are. What are you about? And then see you later, right? You don't get much response from this. But when you're spending time with youth pastors, when you're spending time with the the head people of Young Life and Youth for Christ and those kind of organizations, what happens is you will build relationships. They will see that you're on the same team. And when you have those relationships, then you get to speak into their lives. And so some of the things that I've done to build those relationships is uh, every Thursday um, in, in our city and in different cities, I've created a time for youth pastors to actually meet together. And I'll just buy their coffee and I'll say, hey, let me buy your guys' coffee. Let's all hang out. And I know some, a lot of you um, do that as well. But just hanging out and saying, hey, how are things going? Not even talking about first priority for a minute. Just how are you doing? And we get to hang out and we just get to be together. When it comes to the nonprofits, one of the things I do, uh, I have a very good relationship with Youth for Christ and with um, Young Life. For Youth for Christ, one of the things I do, I'm, I'm Portuguese, um, so and there's a lot of Portuguese people over there. And so one of the things I do is during their fundraiser, I create a Portuguese basket of different goods for them, and they sell it off in their auction, and they always make like 300 bucks off my basket, right? And what does that do? That shows that the, the person that's in charge of Youth for Christ, that I care about his organization and him reaching students. It's a relationship there. So much so, these relationships, is that it's, it created opportunities for service. And anytime these people ask me to serve, I say yes. So recently, um, actually uh, the beginning of the school year, Youth for Christ does an event where they just want to encourage students in the city of Modesto, which is a city next to me, just to reach their friends in any way. They don't necessarily have a plan on how to do that like we do at First Priority, but just to reach their friends. And I'm always one of the speakers that they bring in. They know that I'm with First Priority, but they also say, hey, we want Justin here because he encourages our students to talk about Jesus on their campus. And again, how does that happen? That happens because of relationships and that I'm willing to serve. Also, you want to show youth pastors that you really care? When they need someone to speak or they need extra leaders for an event, show up. That means so much to them. Those kind of relationships where you can just have conversations with them and say, hey, how can I serve you? It means the world to them. So service, and then the last one here on this one for church leadership, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly, but is being kingdom-minded. It is okay that your organization or first priority might not be growing at that moment and somebody else isn't, is. It is not a bad thing. It is okay for other organizations to expand and for people to be coming to know Jesus through Youth for Christ right? Or, for, or young life, whatever it might be, FCA, it is okay. Really, the reality is we have to be kingdom-minded and realize that we need to do this together. There are things that young life, Youth for Christ, FCA, all those organizations do a little bit different than First Priority. You know, I think First Priority does it the best, right? <laughs> I think we do things the best when it comes to evangelism. But there's things that we do and there's students that they reach that I would never reach. And so it's such a big deal for us to be kingdom-minded. The second that we start thinking our things better than everybody else's, I think that's where we start excluding ourselves. We start pushing ourselves away from others. And then it becomes about our ministry, not really God's ministry.
Be kingdom-minded. Show these churches, show these other organizations that you're about souls coming to know Jesus. That you're about people being discipled. You're about the world changing. And that only happens when we're doing this together. Not in a fight with one another. And I know sometimes, and this, and this happened, I'll, you know, I'll, um, I'll share this with one of those organizations. The first two years were rough. They wanted nothing to do with first priority. But I continued to love on them. I continued to have conversations with them. I continued to take them out to lunch. And after time, they realized we're on the same team and realized that they were fighting. And they even apologized. Said, hey, I have not been a Christian brother. I've been wanting you to fail instead of succeed. But that takes time. It takes relationship. Be keen and minded. Community. What does it take to have community leadership? What do I do in California? Well, the first thing is, believe it or not, relationships, right? <laughs> it's relationships. Spend time with those in different non-Christian organizations, those that are serving students. Show them that you care, that you're there too. Talk to people that are in influential spaces, in government. I know multiple people that are on our city boards, right? I know the mayor personally in my own city. Why? Because I want to talk to them about students and what First Priority offers to students. And it comes, it's, it's, a, it's the same thing. Well, I'll talk about that in a second, but it's the same thing when it comes to the schools. Talking to people, having these relationships, getting to know them, sitting down with them for, for coffee, letting them know that you care. One of the biggest things I've been also doing with this is the next one. Are you ready for this one? You guys might be surprised. Service, right? Serving your community, right? And this isn't just serving the church community like I talked about before, but this is serving the community and becoming a part of the conversation. See, what's happened with First Priority and what I've done is I've taken opportunities to actually sit down and be in government areas. And when I sit down in these government areas, and, I, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, the first three years were extremely rough. I was a dumb Christian that didn't know anything, what they assumed, but I didn't get to ever speak, right? I was the one that really didn't know what was going on. I didn't have a, a pulse of uh, the students or the student culture. But after spending time, after building relationships, after saying, hey, how can I help your organization? How can I sit with you guys on these boards? What ended up happening was they started seeing me as the expert, realizing that I actually had a better pulse than they did. One of the things I did to serve was I, I became part of this conversation for youth empowerment. I said, hey, I empower youth all the time. I encourage them to speak face to face with one another, to tell their peers that there's hope in life, that there's more to life than just video games or their boyfriend and the girlfriend. And what happened in all of this is they started seeing the results and they started realizing, well, we need to make first priority and not just first priority, the church part of the conversation when it comes to youth. But I'll tell you again, I sat on these boards and it sucked. And they, they did not want to hear. But one of the things I did to kind of just show them that I, I cared enough is I created an asset map. And this asset map showed, it showed an area of our city um, anywhere there was something for youth. 
So to connect people to youth in any way, so whether that be counseling, whether that have been mental health, whether that just been youth groups, that was a big thing I got, I got them on, right? It's places for students to connect with someone. I created this asset map and handed it over to them. And I said, look, what if we use something like this so that youth knew that there was a place for them somewhere in whatever they're going through, going through. They're pregnant? Oh, look, there's multiple places, and even places I didn't like right, were added to those lists, but they were organizations that wanted to take care of youth. And what this showed people is that I cared and that I was someone that they could actually have a conversation into. And now, because of that work over three years, I'm now a regional ambassador for our county where they ask, Justin, what is going on in the city of Turlock? Please tell us what's happening with the youth. Can you connect us with other people? Can we get together? Can we create something so that we can actually reach our youth in different ways? I, I've become the expert. Why? Because of relationships and service. And that last part, community-centered. The other one, right, was being kingdom-minded or, uh, or kingdom-centered. This one is being community-centered. You want to reach your community? Show them that you care. Care about the community. Don't, not just the church community, right? That's a big deal. But when we show that we actually care about our community, the one you're living in, and you're willing to do something for them, like serve them, build relationships with them, they're going to want to be a part of it. Now, one of the biggest things that I have gotten in the last two years, and I feel like God has just been putting on my heart and has been pushing me on it, is how does the world see the church? What we know from scripture is that God created the church. And we know that when God creates something, it's good. My biggest goal in the last two and a half years, when it comes to the community part, is for the world to see in my area that the church is good. Because what has happened in California is that people do not see the church as good. They look at us as Christians and they say, I don't want my kids to have, to, I don't want them to, to do anything with that. That's trash. That's ruining their minds. And this work that I've done with relationships and being, uh, and, and, and serving the community has created this idea that, well, maybe the church isn't as bad as I thought. And when people start seeing the church as not as bad as they thought and start seeing it as a good thing, as a resource to their community, then they can get introduced to Jesus. Then they can realize, well, why does the church do what they do? Well, you guys all know the answer. It's because of Jesus. Relationships, service, community-centered. Now, when it comes to FP, right, first thing is, can you guess? Relationships. <laughs> you guys see the theme going on here, right? Relationships. Building relationships is key with first priority. I already talked about building relationships with the youth pastor, all those things. But now you're on campus. What you need to do is now build relationships with teachers. Build relationships with students, obviously. Build relationships with counselors. Build relationships with superintendents. Now, the teachers that I come across, they're believers. They're willing, they're open to, to do this. The counselors, the superintendents, the principals, not necessarily. So I have these conversations and I tell them, I say, hey, can I tell you about first priority? They say, sure. 
So I tell them about first priority and there's already students starting in. I was like, I just want you to know this club is here to help out your campus and we're here to encourage students. We're here to change the lives of students. And that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be students leading students. And one of the biggest things that I get to talk about in California that has had the biggest effect, and actually a, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a superintendent. And I said, you know what's one of the biggest parts about first priority? And I was talking school language, right? I try to use their words. And I said, these students are learning how to have face-to-face -face conversations. And you would have thought that, like, I just invented the wheel. She looked at me and she said, they're what? They're having face-to-face -face conversations. And she started to tear up and she goes, I don't think there's any clubs like that teaching the students how to talk to one another. And I was all at first priority, these students are going to talk to one another. They're going to talk about their God. They're going to talk about their hope. They're going to talk about their purpose. And it's going to be face-to-face. Building relationships with the teachers, the counselors, this is a big deal. Showing the school that you're there and showing that first priority is good. And that when first priority is on a campus, it makes the campus better. But that only comes with relationships and actually talking to the teachers, not just going on your campus, getting to your club, getting out of your club. Take a few minutes, just go say hi to the principal. Maybe you have a few extra bucks in your budget. Do a Christmas thing where you just set up goodies and you say, hey, you know, teachers come by and you sit in that break room for 30 minutes while they come and get cookies and introduce yourself. Just let them know that you're just happy that they're teaching and you're proud of them and you're thankful that they're with your kids. Build those relationships. Next one, serve. <laughs> Service. Find ways to help the school with nothing attached. Find ways to say, how can I be there for you? One of the things I started doing for the schools um, is I say, hey, if you just need someone to be on campus just to watch students for a few minutes, let me know. If you need someone in the morning, you're having an area where students are fighting and you just need someone to stand there, I'll be there. Just saying, hey, I am here for you when you guys need me. Just willing to serve them without any kind of agenda. I actually got the opportunity to serve uh, this last Friday. Um, I'm doing a little bit of an experiment with one of the Christian schools. Found out that um, about 70% of the Christian schools in my city um, don't even know Jesus, right? They don't have a relationship with Jesus. They're not attending church. And so I'm like, oh, this might be another first priority campus, right? Um, which is crazy to think about, but that's the way we're, things are going in California. Maybe everywhere else too. Um, and so I, they asked me, one of the students asked me, he said, Justin, would you be the referee for our flag football game? Right? And it was juniors, freshmen and juniors together versus seniors and sophomores. And I said, or the other way around. Anyway, and I said, sure, I'll do it. Man, I hated that. Um, they gave me the rules about three minutes before. Um, I said, here are the rules to flag football. And I'm like, this is not normal football. Great. And um, the, the game came down to 18 to 14 at the very end. It was one last play. And uh, the quarterback threw a Hail Mary to the end zone where I was supposed to be to see if he actually caught it in bounds, was not there, so could not make the call because the quarterback had dropped his flag earlier in a play and I was trying to get the flag to him. So I had to call the whole thing over and now half the campus hates me. Um, <laughs> but the point of that is, is that when we serve, 
We build trust. We get opportunities to be a part of things. And so you want first priority to be something good on the campuses? Don't make it just be about you having a club there, but really show that administration, show the principal, show the counselors that you are there because you love the students. You are there because their campus matters. It's not just another club to check off. And I know that's not anyone in this room, right? But I do want us to just be reminded that we need to be there and show them that we actually care. And the way you show people that you care is you actually serve them. You actually help them in their time of need or help them even if they just have a little need. And the last is this. I think for first priority to to prosper and the things that I do in California is that I always make sure that first priority is gospel-centered. When it comes to leadership with churches, we're kingdom-centered. When it comes to uh, when it comes to community, we're uh, community-centered, and when it comes to first priority, we're gospel-centered. Here's one of the biggest things that I always teach students. I'm like, man, I love the epic cycle. I think all of that stuff is great, but if you leave first priority, and you know how to share your story of how you came to know Jesus, and you know how to share the good news of Jesus Christ then we've done great. Like that is my ultimate goal for first priority because first priority has to always be gospel centered. It is about Jesus and the work that he did on the cross for us. And then rising from the dead three days later and proving that he was God. That is was what we want students to know that they have an opportunity to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. That is the ultimate goal that I strive for when it comes to first priority, that these students would know these things. Now, the other part when it comes to the gospel center is, is really telling others, right? The beautiful feet. Making sure students are actually doing it. So I want to close with this. You know, um, People always ask, is first priority effective? Um, Is it just another youth group on campus? You know, and I always say, no, it's so much more. It's so much bigger. The story that I always get to tell is I get to tell a story about Michael. This is about, I want to say like seven years ago, maybe eight years ago now. But there was a student at Los Angeles Junior High. His name was Michael. Um, This student was one of those loner kids. And one of the reasons he was a loner is because he always smelled bad. Um, And the reason he smelled bad is because his family was so poor they couldn't afford um, a laundromat, and he actually wore the same clothes day after day after day. And Michael, every day, would sit to the side by himself, just going through his day, go to his classes, but always eat lunch by himself. I had students who said, you know what, Justin, this month, Let's reach the students that nobody wants to talk to. So, okay. Yeah, this is the junior hires are coming up with this. Let's do it. And so three of the boys said, you know what? We really want to invite Michael. I said, invite him. That would be awesome. Right? I didn't know who Michael was, but I'll invite Michael, right? And so Michael shows up. He's sitting there. And a junior high student comes up. Talks about how he came to know Jesus. Talks about who Jesus is. A few minutes later, he gives an invitation. Does anybody want to know this Jesus? And Michael raises his hand and becomes a believer. 
you know, and that story would be awesome just like that. But a few months later, we're getting club ready. We say, hey, who wants to share their story? Who wants to be the one as the, you know, the presenter? And Michael says, I'll do it. So Michael goes up um, a few weeks later after being prepared, right? It's engage week. Um, or it was, yeah, it was engage week. So it was a hope cycle at that time. Um, and Michael shares uh, his story. He says, I came to know Jesus at first priority. He goes, well, what nobody knows is that that day my plan was to go to school, come home and take my life. But God intervened. God got in the way using junior high students. And today, Michael is not dead. Today, Michael is very alive and knows Jesus because someone shared the hope of Christ. And it wasn't just someone. It was a junior high student. Why do I do first priority? Because of Michael. Because our God is so big that he can use junior high students to transform someone's life and to save someone's life. Let me pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for every single one of these people in this room. God, these people are my heroes. Thank you so much that you have called them to be leaders in their community to be people with beautiful feet who go and share the news. And not only that, God, they're teaching others. They're discipling people, students specifically, on how to be gospel changers, to be changers of this world through your good news. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to give all of these people just strength and give them all the provisions that they need so that this country would be reached, that every student would know the hope of Christ, that every student's life would be changed because they met you. Lord, thank you for first priority. Thank you for being with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Brad, always good to hear from Justin yes. and what the Lord is doing in his heart yep. when it comes to FP and his city. I agree. I agree. Uh, we can start with the important things in life. Um, he did have his child that he talked about early on in the in the talk there, and he did name the child Clarkson. So I, he didn't tell us or fill us in anything. His social media didn't explain anymore. He kind of walked into that and said, I'm not going to go any further. And so I can't go any further either because he hasn't gone. But Clarkson Elijah Lopes was born on November 14. So congratulations to the Lopes family. Yeah, congrats. All are doing well. And uh, yeah, they got their fourth child. It's good. It's very good. And in, in discussion, he brought a text that should be familiar to any of us that call ourselves missionaries, mm -hmm. right? That, mm -hmm. that Romans text is something that we grab hold on but I, I loved how he personalized it I loved how yes. he talked about why it was so meaningful to him mm -hmm. and that he wanted to share it that way right this yeah. wasn't just hey I've been asked to share a text and some thoughts about first priority it was hey let me let me break open a little bit of who I am yep and why this matters to me so much and so to me that was a big deal it is a big deal well Justin always has that kingdom perspective like he said he went to Turlock he applied or you know family pastor role um, but walked in uh, knowing that he wanted to be more than just the church. I want to work in the community. I want to be a part of First Priority, has to be part of my job. And he's gone beyond that, too. He's, you know, 
Christmas outreaches in the community, um, forms of different government youth councils, different things that he is just actively involved in the community. It's just really cool to see the fruit of his labors and uh, yeah, being a part of his team and encouraging out in California. Yeah, you know, we sometimes, let me say this correctly, we jokingly talk about some of our first party leaders as the mayor of their town. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is the difficult part about FP because we don't start by getting on the campus. Yeah. We start by building networks of support. That's right. So the campus has a very long, it's a long view of ministry. Right. right? Yep. And as I was listening to Justice, Justin, excuse me, one of the things I wrote down was mayor. Hmm. Right. It was it was interesting to think about all the things that he is involving himself in mm-hmm. while still staying pure to the four week cycle on a campus. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that's that's really what he's being viewed as. And it's a compliment. It's meant yep. to be a compliment. Right. Yep. So many of our um, first party directors, first party coordinators that are operating under FP of America yep. are really seen as that go to person in their area. That's for right. a number of items. And, and I love that about what we do. Mm-hmm. Me as well. Me as well. It, uh, well, this may seem sound kind of off the beaten path, but Josiah, Jos- Josiah, I've been calling George Josiah. My youngest son and I went to the Titans game uh, the other day, and the owner of the Titans uh, graduated with a history degree. I'm like, huh, history degree. Now the owner of the Titans, those two things don't line up. And, you know, you read about people who are super influential in different areas, and that's where I'll land the plane. Just Justin is super influential, but he made the comment as he introduced himself when he was in Los Banos, he was just a youth pastor. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because if you watch the video on YouTube, I'm walking back to my table as he's doing that, and I you can see me mouth just a youth pastor, laughing, looking at somebody laughing. Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter what you graduate college with, it doesn't matter um, what your title is. You have, he's, he's just a family pastor, yep. but he's got influence in the community. He's building the community. So even if he decides vocationally, he needs to go to a different church in another town, there will still be people in Turlock that are reaching uh, and raising a generation of students Yeah, because he has influenced the community in that way. Yeah. He's built the networks in such a way that it will be sustainable Correct. without him. Correct. It's a good it's word. A, it's a good thing. Yeah. So Cool. Well, it's a good word for our people. I'm thankful that uh, you are listening again this week, following along with Steve and I and and this first priority journey. Um, We just want to continue to give you a glimpse into our fall conference because, again, I've been saying it for a number of weeks. I I think the the content is good, but the relationships are great. So um, we're going to begin advertising spring meetings uh, once the new year comes around. So be paying attention to that so you can engage us relationally wherever you are. And then, yeah, fall conference will be here in Nashville next October. I know it's super early to start advertising those things. Um, are you going go to get me a coffee mug that has the dates on it so I can just lift that up and show it? Sure. Everybody? Good. Consider it done. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Those of you who are also watching and commenting and sending us notes, we certainly appreciate that. It's very yes. encouraging as we spend the time on this. And we pray that the content has been not only helpful to you, but good to your soul. That's right. That's right. Until next week. Thanks for listening. See you soon.